This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Joy Challenge. Discover the ancient secret to experiencing worry-defeating, circumstance-defying happiness. Written by pastor and best-selling author Randy Frazee and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Hello and welcome to the Christianese Podcast. This is your host, Drew Fitzgerald, and today's topic is God Told Me When God Speaks. I'm the one, creator of the heavens and the earth, Alpha and Omega. Have you ever heard God's voice? I mean, an audible voice that is maybe human-sounding, maybe not, but definitely divine. Oh, I see where this is going. Bruce, I'm God. If you have heard God speak, what does it sound like? Is it deep and resonant, kind of how you would imagine the big man in the sky would talk? Arthur, Arthur, king of the Britons. Is it metallic or inhuman in some indescribable way? Is it a whisper? Is it a boom? Or is it simply a thought that pops up in your head? An idea or phrase that flashes through your mind that you know you didn't think of, so it had to be placed there. A blessing, a blessing from the Lord. God be praised. Even if you've never heard the literal voice of God, you've probably said in conversation, God told me, or at least heard someone say that God told them something. What is that experience like? If God spoke to you, what would you expect him to say? To answer that question, I want to look at how God speaks in the Bible. The phrase God said or God spoke occurs over 700 times in the Old Testament alone. He's really talkative. In fact, some people have back and forth conversations with God. Sometimes God speaks with a voice like thunder. Other times he's very, very quiet. And there's a lot of important times when he speaks, like the creation event or when he gave Moses the covenant of the law. But to figure out how God speaks to us, I want to hone in on two really unique stories. In Exodus chapter 3, we find Moses, exiled from the court of Egypt, living on the far side of the desert, shepherding his father-in-law's flocks. One night, he came to the mountain of God, called Horeb. Moses was shepherding his flock on the side of the mountain and looked up and saw a bush on fire. It wasn't being consumed by the fire. It just was. When Moses turned aside to look at the bush, he heard God's voice from within it saying, Moses, don't come any closer. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. God tells Moses that he's heard the cries of his people and has come down to set them free, and he's sending Moses to be their leader. For the entirety of chapter 4, 
Moses argues with God, trying to convince him that he's the wrong man for the job. What if they don't believe me? What if they don't pay attention to me? God says, I will be with you. Then Moses says, but I'm, I'm not an eloquent man. I never have been. I'm slow of speech. I, I'm slow of tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave a mouth to man? Or who makes a person mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? So now go and I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what you must say. And then Moses, in chapter 4, verse 13, says, Oh Lord, please send anyone else. But God says, No, you go. And you go because I sent you. Not because you're the most qualified, but because I am God. Fast forward to 1 Kings chapter 19. The prophet Elijah is on the run, fleeing Israel because there's a death threat out against him. As he runs for his life, he says, God, I've had enough. Take my life because I'm no better than my ancestors. In other words, I'm as good as dead. When Elijah gets to Mount Horeb, he goes up into a cave to spend the night. All of a sudden, God speaks to Elijah. Why are you here, Elijah? He answered, I've been absolutely loyal to you, Lord, even though the Israelites have abandoned the agreement they made with you. I'm the only faithful one left, and now they want to kill me. I'm a failed prophet. My life is worthless. And God says, Go stand outside. I'm going to pass by. Then a powerful wind went before the Lord. Digging into the mountain and causing landslides. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the storm, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After that, there was a great fire, burning, scorching everything. But God was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he covered his face with his robe and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Elijah, why are you here? Go back the way you came. Go to my people. You know what's incredible about those stories? Both of those men met God in places where they weren't expecting him. And in both situations, the men had to cover their faces out of fear and reverence. God is calling them in huge ways outside of themselves in order to serve. 
But these kinds of experiences aren't really what we have in mind when we think about God talking to us. In a lot of circumstances, we just want God to give us permission to do what we want to do. We think of God speaking to us as, Go date Jessica now. Or, Quit your job to follow your dreams. The thing is, when we say that God told us to do something, it frequently lines up with what we already want to do. Sometimes it's not that you just desire God to reaffirm what you want to do, but you want to have some kind of incredible experience like Moses or Elijah. I mean, God spoke all the time in the Old Testament. Shouldn't we hear him now as much as we did then? It does seem like God talks a lot in the Old Testament. But think about all the history that's in the Old Testament. It covers thousands of years, and during that time span, there are millions of people who lived in Israel, many of whom never heard God speak. During that time, only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies, and that only once a year. And even then, he didn't always hear from God. Being spoken to by God was such a unique experience that there were safeguards put in place so that no one could lie and say, God spoke to me. If you said the phrase, God told me, you were claiming to be a prophet of God, and anything you said in his name had to line up perfectly with the scriptures, perfectly with his character, and anything you foretold or said was gonna happen in the future had to happen exactly. And if any of that, to the smallest degree, didn't line up, you would be stoned. Once you said, God told me, your very life held on to the next words you spoke. When you really read through the Old Testament, you see that God is selective in who he speaks to and when he speaks to them. He picks certain people at certain times so that these people can speak to everybody. And now, we have an account of many people hearing from God written all in the same place. And not just from the Old Testament, we have Christ himself, who is himself God, and the things that he said, and the God-inspired things that were written in the New Testament. We have so much of God speaking at our fingertips. But it isn't enough. It feels disconnected from our lives. You want to have that small, quiet voice, that experience that lifts you up outside of yourself. We don't just need more answers than the Bible has. We feel like we need more emotion, more of an experience than the Bible gives. We want something for us personally. We want to be the prophets. So, we make ourselves prophets. Take Sarah Young's popular devotional, Jesus Calling, for example. It's the most popular daily devotional that exists today. In the introduction, she writes, I knew that God communicated with me through the Bible, but I yearned for more. I wanted to hear what God had to say to me personally on a given day. And so she wrote a 365-day devotional where Jesus speaks in first person to you. Sometimes in words that are very unlike anything he ever said in the Bible. At no point in the Bible does he talk about tuning your antennas 
towards him. And even though Sarah Young also writes in the introduction that scripture is the only divinely inspired word of God, it doesn't stop her from putting words in Jesus' mouth. And it makes people feel good, which is why it's a bestseller and has been for many, many years. It is primarily an uplifting emotional experience. But nowhere in Jesus' calling is there a push to go outside of yourself to be ministry or sacrificially minded. That is a massive omission from the message of Christ. What were the messages of God to Elijah and Moses? Go. What is the final commission of Jesus to his disciples? Go. Make more disciples. Go out. When he calls you, he calls you to himself, to his people, and to those who do not yet know him. The Greek word for the church is ekklesia which means the ones who have been called out. Alan Miller, a self-titled non-religious person, wrote an article on CNN's belief blog titled, I'm Spiritual, Not Religious. In it, he writes, This attitude fits with the message we are receiving more and more that feeling something somehow is more pure and perhaps more true than having to fit in with the doctrine, practices, rules, and observations of a formal institution that are handed down to us. Feeling is somehow more true than what has been given. That subjective truth, that very personal truth, is somehow greater than the objective truth of what God has said in His Word. Subjective truths should always be subject to the objective truth. Our emotions don't define facts. Facts should define our emotions. Have you ever had a misunderstanding with someone where you think they were doing something to you, maybe malicious or on purpose, and you began to construct a narrative in your mind of what they meant to do, why they did it, and your emotions started flaring and building up, and you were angry, you were furious, you were confused, but then you found out the facts of the situation, which is why it was a misunderstanding. You didn't understand what was going on didn't keep your emotions from going haywire. Your emotions weren't leading you to truth. The facts were. The objective truth defined your subjective reality. Even if you are looking for more of an experience than you are an answer, the way to continue to know that God is speaking to you or is involved with you is the exact same. Weigh your experience with Scripture. I can't argue with what you've experienced. I can't debate what you have and haven't felt, but we can have a conversation about what to make of that experience. How do you know that God was the thought in your head and that wasn't your own voice? It's nearly impossible to pull the two apart. But one clear way that you can do that is to weigh the message according to Scripture, according to who God is, what He said, and what He's going to do. If your experience brings you into conflict with Scripture, I don't know who you're talking to, but it's not God. If you insist that it is God, you have to accept that your God is fickle, more in line with your own circumstantial emotions than his authoritative word. One of our major issues in the church 
is that when we think about communicating with God, we think that it's primarily emotional, that it makes us feel good, and that it's something for us individually. There's a name for that. Therapeutic deism. That God makes me personally feel good. And it's not Christianity. Christianity says that we are primarily sinful. And if that's true, if sin makes us enemies of God, then God must necessarily contradict, convict, and even condemn what we think and feel. He necessarily must turn us from where we're going and send us in a new direction, as he did Moses and Elijah. If the Bible doesn't give us the answers we want, we have to choose if we're going to follow God's word or our own desires. If the Bible doesn't give us the feeling or the experience that we want, we have to ask, is that the Bible's fault or our own? God never promises to deliver new, personal revelations to us, no matter how sincerely we wait or listen. If it takes energy and focus to see the sweetness of the Bible, then let's be energetic and focused. Because the only place you can be sure that you're hearing God's words are in God's Word. My temporary circumstances don't make the Word of God shine brightly. The Holy Spirit does. And the Word, as 2 Timothy says, teaches, rebukes, corrects, and trains us in righteousness so that we can find salvation in faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible is full of orthodoxy and orthopraxy. That's correct belief and correct practice of those beliefs. It's full of principles for living. But let's not be surprised that our faith actually requires faith, that the principles require the courage to act and to live them out. We do need the orthodoxy and the orthopraxy that's in the Bible, but let's not get confused about the Word of God. The Bible is not a self-help book. In fact, the best answer that the Bible can give us is that it's not about us. The Bible's not about you. The Word of God is about the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. Do you want to hear God speak? Here's what he says to us in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, in the way that Luke said it. Καταλουκάν κεφαλαίων δεύτερον. Εγένετο δέντες ημέρες εκείνες εξήλθε δόγμα παρακέσαρος Αυγούστου απογράφεστε πάσαν την οικουμένην. Αυτή η απογραφή πρώτη εγένετο ηγεμονεύοντος της Συρίας Κυρινίου και επορεύοντο πάντες απογράφεστε έκαστοσι στην Ιδίαν πόλην. Ανέβηδε και Ιωσήφ από της Γαλιλαίας, εκπόλεως Ναζαρέτης στην Ιουδαίαν εις πόλην Δαβίδ, ή της καλύτε Βιθλεέμ, δια το είναι αυτόν εξήκου και πατριάς Δαβίδ, απογράψασθε συν Μαριάμ τη μεμνηστευμένη αυτογυναικείου σε εγγύο. Εγένετο δε, εν το είναι αυτούς εκεί, επλήστησανε η μέρη του δεκίν αυτήν, και έτεκε τον ιόν αυτής των πρωτότοκων, και εσπαργάνωσεν αυτόν, και ανέκλεινεν αυτό εν τη φάτνη, διότι
Merry Christmas. This has been a production of Fathom Magazine. To find out more, visit fathommag.com. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at Beyond Ordinary Women dot org.